Yo, I'm actually going to let this ride out to like verse three with Imani because that's actually one of my favorite verses and I think it's the most appropriate verse. So, you know, let's see if y'all feel me on this one. It's 1995 and now that I'm older, stress weighs on my shoulders, heavy as boulders. But I told y'all, until the day that I die, I still will be a soldier. That's all I told ya, that's all I showed ya, that's all I told ya. Calamity is ripping my sanity, can it be? That I'm a celebrity now don't be wishing to switch in any positions with me Cause when you in my position it ain't never easy To do any type of maintaining Cause all the gaming and faming from entertaining Is hella straining to the brain end. But I can't keep running I just gotta keep keen and cunning Can't keep running away Can't keep running away uh, yeah Yo, I hope y'all were actually peeping that verse, man. I played it for a specific point, and you actually know how I like to do it, man. On Uncultured Bias, I like to actually bring on a song that's going to be apropos to what we are talking about. And, um, you know, we'll get into that in a moment, but, you know, I just want to give a shout out to the fact that we just came off a long holiday weekend. Um, I just got done celebrating my family uh, on July 4th weekend, uh, or as we like to call it, uh, you know, it's... Um, how we want to say Black Independence Day Part 2. <laughs> Juneteenth Part 2. That's how we're going to rock with it. Uh, so, you know, um, but, you know, I, the Declaration of Independence is an interesting holiday, man, because it's actually the first time when America really decided to say that the rules don't apply. It was in that declaration that America established that not only the rules don't apply, but we actually want to establish our own identity. Um, in that they stated that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are the life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. I actually thought this was a very, very interesting um, thought process, the pursuit of happiness. I thought that was really apropos considering what we want to talk about uh, this uh, podcast because the pursuit, meaning that to run after something that's going to bring you much joy. Pursuit. Um, the first time we actually were um, thinking about the pursuit of happiness, it was under the auspices that we were under uh, British rule. And we said, you know what? That is not uh, something that we want. That's not how we want our destiny to be governed. Now, obviously, um, there's a lot to be uh, stated about the Declaration of Independence and how it applies to black Americans. A lot of people don't realize that actually with the um, it was white lash, the white backlash against the British trying to uh, supplement um, or actually uh, take away black slaves from um, the 13 colonists, uh, 13 uh, colonies and actually apply them into the British rule. And the way they actually tried to undermine the 13 colonies was to say, we're going to get rid of 
um, uh, slavery and undermine your uh, your independence. And you know, I know there's a whole uh, story about uh, taxes and all that, but in reality, uh, white Americans didn't really care about uh, taxes until it was established that um, it was the British rule that was. Uh, subjugating them and trying to establish authority over them. So there's a whole story behind that. But the idea that we talk about the pursuit of happiness, and I think this podcast is we're going to focus on pursuit and running. And really, it's in regards to a young lady uh, by the name of Shakira, Shikari Richardson, my apologies, and how she burst onto the scene. So, uh, but... We're going to lose her words and let her describe it to herself. Well, Shakira, you've uh, had the moment that you hoped for to make your first Olympic team. Just take us through the emotion right now. Well, emotionally, unbelievable. <laughs> the fact that I am an Olympian, no matter what is said or anything, I am an Olympian. A dream since I've been young. I'm pretty sure everybody's dream as a track athlete. So. Being happy is an understatement. Being excited, nervous, all of those feelings piled in one. I'm highly blessed and grateful. We'll talk about the race in a moment, but just the rush to get up the steps to see your family, your grandmother, your dad, your mom, everybody. What is that? What did that mean? Because my family has kept me grounded. This year has been crazy for me. Going from just last week losing my biological mother and i'm still here what did you say you lost your mother i'm still here last week finding out my biological biological mother passed away and still choosing to pursue my dreams still coming out here still making sure to make the family that i do still have on this earth proud and the fact that nobody knows what i go through everybody has struggles and i understand that but y'all see me on this track and y'all see the poker face I put on, but nobody but them and my coach know what I go through on a day-to-day basis. And I'm highly grateful for them. Without them, there would be no me. Without my grandmother, there would be no Shakari Richardson. So my family is my everything. My everything is to the day I'm done. Shakari, unbelievable. We offer our deepest condolences on your loss, as well as our congratulations on what you accomplished in the midst of all of that pressure. You okay to say this? See you in Tokyo? Oh, see you in Tokyo! Okay. <laughs> yeah, how we going? Well, I gotta go. What a moment, Lee. So that was actually, you know, Shakari Richardson and introducing herself to the world. Now, for those who actually follow track and field, uh, we've known about her since 2018 when she was a fresh, freshman at LSU, and um, she set a bunch of freshman records, uh, then turning pro a year later, but... That was her big announcement to the world. And I wanted to focus on the word, her pursuit. She, 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 you notice how she said the pursuit, right? Goes along with the theme what we're talking about, the pursuit of happiness. But that happiness was actually dashed about two weeks later after that moment in which we saw her Olympic dreams um, taken away because of the idea of her violating um, the WADA rules. Now, this type of uh, issue caused a wave of conversation. Um, there was some on, the, on one side saying that, you know what? It's deserved. Um, she broke the rules because rules are rules, right? Rules are rules. That's kind of how they're applying it. 
in fact, you know, we actually have, you know, our own president saying this very thing. Sir, do you think the ban is fair? Do you think her ban is fair for marijuana? The rules are the rules. And everybody knows that the rules were going in. Whether they should remain that, that should remain the rule is a different issue. The rules are the rules, and I was really proud of the way she responded. And uh, so, okay, thank you. Rules are rules. But see, there's an issue there. Because we just talked about the Declaration of Independence and how America did not believe that rules are rules. Because the rules, if the rules were rules, then there wouldn't be an America. Right? How can we declare that rules are rules in this country when by the very inception of this country, we defied the rule of order and decided to step away from something that didn't benefit us? See, our country's, in, our country's history is embedded in, within the DNA of that rules are rules until they apply. Rules are rules until they apply. And then we say, you know what? The rules aren't rules. And that's how we as, as Americans view things like this. Because we've seen throughout our history, even the previous president, the rules didn't apply. So we have to be careful about saying rules are rules because we understand that that's not actually how the society works. Goalposts are moved. Things are done. And if you're trying to understand the backlash with, that black America felt with Ms. Richardson, it's because we understand that based on the history of this country and the makeup of this country and the idea of this country, rules aren't rules. Especially when we're in the pursuit of our own happiness. All right, so listen, we're going to get into this program, and before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to everybody who's listening on Apple and Spotify, Um, especially if you're on Apple, continue to rate the program, five-star rating if you're so inclined. It helps with the algorithms. Um, If you are both on Apple and Spotify, obviously continue to share the program. I would appreciate that very much. Uh, We want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, You know, uh, My Compass Tax Advisors, you can reach them at uh, 850-273-7193 and mycompasstax.com. If you're in the market for real estate, contact Keystone Global Real Estate at 407-680-8510 at KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com. And, of course, if you're trying to reach me uh, for estate planning, guardianship, wills, and probates, um, or any other uh, matter, contact us at 888-SWTGLaw.com. That's 888-SWTGLaw.com. C. Williams at SWTGLaw.com. All right. Brilliant. So, helping with discussion, you've heard from them before, my two boys, man. Um, I really do appreciate them to come through in a clutch and talk about this conversation, especially on a holiday weekend. Uh, Rob and Howard, what's up? What's up, fellas? Yo, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back. Love being here in the studio. Yo, man, I appreciate it. Let's start off with you, HB. How was your holiday weekend, man? Oh, man, it was great. You know, uh, I'm still on a high. And I like how you put it and how you, you know, brought up the uh, Second Juneteenth, because I like to say, you know, happy 16 days from Juneteenth. <laughs> you know, America doesn't look a day over slavery. You did. <laughs> you looking good. Wow. Looking good. Keep it up. <laughs> wow. Rob, what up? Yo. What up? What up? Yeah, man. Just a nice chill weekend. Been uh, traveling a lot uh, recently. So just in, sometimes just want to spend the holiday and just keep it in, in the crib, kept it in the neighborhood. Uh, went to the neighborhood pool, hung out with some neighbors, drunk some beers, yes. some free beers from my neighbors. Yes. So, so you know, the American dream. The American dream, baby. <laughs> it's the American That's dream. That's a whole new topic. Can we have a topic just on yeah. that? Um, 
But but uh, your op- your opening music though that that far side song we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Man. We'll get into that in a moment. I just want to say that I actually give a shout out to my family. You know, um, uh, we spent the weekend at Hilton Head, South Carolina. Man, it was cool. You know, we went to the beach. Oh yeah, it was dope. Oh yeah. So you know what's fascinating about the beach, man? A lot of people are very comfortable in their bodies, which is great. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's really great, honestly. Yes, it, no, it really is. I, you know, because it's like you think about it, like you work out all this way, like I'm gonna work, I need to get a summer body. And then you get to the beach and you're like, ain't nobody give a damn about no summer body. <laughs> nobody that's, cares that's why about I was the summer body. Yep. You know, like right. nobody cares. Like, what are we working out? Like, you are you working out for your summer body? Because nobody cares. It's all like, up in our heads. It's, it's in our head. It's in our heads, man. You know, and to the point where um I'm gonna break out a speedo. No. Yes, Whoa. yes. I'm gonna actually wear the speedo when it comes when wife and the wife and I go on a vacation, and uh, because guess what? It's all about body image, and I just feel great about it. And so she might appreciate it. She's de- definitely gonna have appreciate you, it. Have you told? Has she definitely told down for your it? Wife she, this, she, or she, is this the first reveal? She's down. She's definitely down for it. Well, she's because you you're, you're you're doing it for her, so it's a gift for her. Anybody else care? Sure, but, sure. Know. I'm doing it for her. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stop. so he ain't doing this for Stop. her. I am doing this for her. She actually no. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. She's definitely down for the speedo action. So listen, <laughs> listen, listen. And I'm just forewarning you because she's already co-signed on it. She's like, yeah, go for it, baby. Just here's the thing. I'm just co-signing the world. When you see speedo pics on your timeline, understand what it's about. All right, I understand what it's about, baby. I'm literally picturing the three YouTubers that you know get a lot of that fame when they put their listen. Hands it's hips going down. <laughs> it's body positivity. Ah. I, that confirmed to me this weekend. We definitely, we definitely doing speedos. <laughs> we rocking so, speedos next month. Who is we? Ivory, myself. You know okay. the real reason. Do you understand the real reason why she's going along with this crazy idea? Because her husband looks great. No, no, that's not it. No. Oh, first of all, her husband does it. look fantastic. So let's not. <laughs> let's... She's going along with this scheme, this crazy idea. Because <clears throat> go ahead, throw on the speedo, and block all the little sperm that you got inside of you. Oh, oh God. you're not going to have that third Damn. child. Oh. Up in well, hell, well, hell. Well, that could be that could be nefarious intent. Yes. But I look great in speedo, so we're good. I, I don't care. She she wasn't gonna let me have a third child anyway. So, uh, but you know what? It's all good. But speaking of speed, <laughs> okay, we're gonna transition. 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 <laughs> okay. Speed. Speed. Oh. Oh. You see how I did that? Speed. Oh. So anyway. Oh. <laughs> so um, I hope everybody caught on to that third verse, man. Why I decided to drop it and. Uh, HP, you you noticed it, man. You 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 peeped it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, point blank. First of all, I'm all that's that's my joint. When you play that, I just close my eyes and it took me back because that's like what Rob ninety five, ninety six. You know, I was running track. Ninety five. I was running track. So I'm using that cut on my you know my headphones, probably the Sony Walkman I had, maybe a CD player, and it was in there definitely circulation. And uh, you know, just the running alone, you know. Um, just that moment, I would do it for practice, do it for you know pregame warm up. But you know, Rob, what about you? Oh man, that that's a classic hip hop cut. You know, mm-hmm. that just puts you in another zone. The the lyrics in the in that um in that whole song and and just you know just puts you in the vibe, just puts you in a very reflective vibe. And 
you know, you can, I think there was a reason that Kamara played that third verse because it really kind of talks to the mm. subject matter we're about to discuss. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just going to break down the verse. Cause if, if people didn't peep it, if we haven't Googled it by now, Imani, um, uh, first of all, that track, the far side was produced by Jay Dilla, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. One of the um, uh, greatest hip hop producers. So smooth. Um, so, that third verse, uh, he says, now that I'm older, stress weighs on my shoulders, heavy as a boulder, but I told you, the day that I die, I will be a soldier. That's um, that's a soldier, and all this calamity ripping my sanity. Can it be that I'm a celebrity on a brink of insanity? Now, we don't be wishing and switching any positions with me, because when you see me in my position, it ain't never easy to do any type of maintaining, because all this gaming and faming from entertaining tell it's straining to the braining, mm-hmm. but I can't keep running. I just got to keep going, keep going, mm-hmm. running. So check this out. When we talk about um, uh, Miss Richardson and what she's actually uh, went through, one of the things you know, I, I played that opening scene. I did a little bit different. I dropped a clip. Usually, I don't drop drop a clip in midst of a monologue, but I thought it was impor- important that how she introduced herself to the world to a lot of people to the world was when she talked about um, losing her mother mm-hmm. and how you know this was such an emotional thing for her and. You know, and how even getting to Tokyo, um, it was such, uh, you know, it, it it was just it's such a relief, but it was almost like a build up to a number of different things that happened in her life, you know, and then you think about it, the things that happened two weeks later, yeah, like what was she dealing mm. with the night before? Because mm. he saw that, right? He saw the, the think about it, like the we saw like how she was like so excited. Mm. But then when you think about now, two weeks later, we hear what she was going through her mental the night before, Mm-mm-mm. you know, because you're, you're in an interview and you bring up like my mom died. So it was clearly weighing on her heavily. It was weighing on her. Right. And so I, I thought obviously the running thing with the far side, but um, that verse, it's just about, um, you know, calamity ripping my insanity and, you know, it just, just all connects trying to maintaining and entertaining and, you yeah. know, straining on the brain. And, you know, it just, I thought that was just, it was apropos. It was beautiful. What we're doing. It was like artwork. Yeah. You know, so, um, I mean, but like, think about it. I know Howard, you got some thoughts, man. Like what you think when just saying like, now that we know, we kind of pull back the reveal of like what she was dealing with the night, before in the midst of that interview that interview almost gives like new context right of everything that we just see yeah first of all like mental health when we're already kind of like mental health and sports the awareness level is high right now and a lot of people i'm gonna say this 90 percent of americans couldn't even deal with what she dealt with you know you couldn't be in an interview where we're definitely talking to somebody maybe a camera maybe a, a recorder or something and whether or not it was during the interview or after or during the break, but you learn right to the there that a parent passed away, your biological mother at that. Yeah. Like for real, son. Like there's nobody in America I would say very few ten percent could only deal with that at that point in time. Professionalism out the window. She's twenty one years old at the time, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like real talk, like how can you deal? <clears throat> so and then get out there and expect to run and, and run how she did. So to be able to compartmentalize that. You know, and it's like, you know, you don't even, not about giving excuses, not about explanations, but you're offering content and substance, you know, keyword substance of what somebody's mental is doing. And, 
we can all think of what we were doing at that age between 21 and 24 years old, you know, the kind of decisions and choices, you know, let alone professional or anything. So it just, it just really puts perspective. Rob, what do you think? Um, so echo a lot of your, y'all sentiments. And I remember as soon as the race was completed, her, running up to her grandmother, running mm. up the steps of the arena to her grandmother, mm. that clip went viral. Right. And <clears throat> it was great to see, but we didn't, at least I didn't know all the background mm -hmm. to that clip mm -hmm. yeah. of her running up the stairs, hugging, squeezing her grandma, mm. crying of tears of joy for that moment. Yeah. Little did we know that part of those tears of joy was also tears of pain yeah. because her mother was not there to see this. Wow. Yeah. And it just, so go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it just immediately. So once you hear the, the full backstory of that moment for her, you have, you can't help but to root for her. Yeah. You can't help but to, right. because again, like HP said, this 21 year old young lady, and she's running, you know, hey, y'all, I know y'all will talk to this. When you're tr running in track, all you have is one moment. Man. Yeah. There's not four quarters. No. There's not two halves. It's one moment wow. in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So that kind of pressure and what she went through in that moment, just really my heart goes out to Shakari. And I just really, you know, pray for that, pray for that young lady. I just want to say, Rob, you, you bring it, you taking it back because, you know, I know Kamara has ran track, you know, um, I've ran track since I was like seven years old, but when you are in that moment, like you said, you know, outside of practice, outside of, you know, whatever, you know, but that actual, the gun goes off and the best athletes totally clear their mind. They don't hear the crowd. Yeah. They don't, yeah. they're not thinking about anything. There, there is nothing technical going on. It's literally you're in a place of zen. You it's know like, what I mean? It's like the quiet. It's really the, the quiet place. The quiet place, right? Like it's just, I mean, everybody's yeah. quiet anyway, yeah. but because let the gun. But it's a really interesting thing when you when you're getting the blocks. It man, seems like all those like one minute is like an eternity, right? Yes. You, you get down, you go through your your pre block routine. You kneel that. You kneel down. Kind of say whatever prayer you're gonna say, mm -hmm. you know. Just a necklace if you got a necklace on. You know, you know what I mean. Do, do a thing, little, yeah. do a prayer, do yeah. whatever routine you routine, do. Routine, yes. You know, and then for me, I know when I got that, I sat on the block. I, the last thing I would do was look up. Mm. I'd always, I, I've always, I'd always wait to look up. Mm. You know, until I had my hand placements. Mm. You know, both hands are where, and it, I'd, I'd be like neurotic with it. Like, I don't like the way my hand is. So I'd, I'd, it'd be like a millimeter, but I'd have to have the hands in a certain place. When you're looking up, are you looking down the track or you're looking up in the sky? You're looking I, down the track? I'm looking down the track. Wow. See, I couldn't do that. I was always head down in the track. Head was always down the track. And then when that gun went off, it was just like, you know? No, see, I. Bruh, you, that's yeah. deep. So I would look, but here's the thing. I would, um. Wow. I would look up. I wouldn't, my head wouldn't be up. When the uh, uh, when the gun would go off, okay, it's like my focus would go up when it's like I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what I have to you do. You looking at the finish line? I'm looking at the finish line and I'm visualizing what Ooh, I need to okay. do. That's deep, yeah. And I, so I have yeah. to visualize, and so I'm going through this entire race mm -hmm. and visualizing what I need to do, seeing myself every movement, every step. There's four in a 100. 
there's um four phases with the hundred, right? You know what I mean? There's a start. Yes. You know what I mean? Then yes. there's a buildup. Acceleration. Right? Yes. There's acceleration. Right. And then Ooh, the, and the finish. Then, then the finish. And Damn. the power that what separates the greats is the power. Is, uh, is the power. Through. Yes, coach. You know, and so <laughs> bringing it back. Um, so it, that's kind of the phases I'm going through, Man. right? And it's like this wave of emotion, like going through as soon as you're running. Mm. It's like this wave of emotion, and as soon as you're done. And the hundred is the fastest race. It's the fastest it's, race. It's just it's over and you blink and it's done. As soon as it's done, but it's though. so much. Yeah. It's so much going on. It's so much, you know. Especially if you're really focused and now you got somebody you're trying to catch in front of you, or you're trying to keep a lead, or you feel somebody coming up on you. Oh my god! So now if, if that if that awareness happens, you know, yeah. wow! Now you got to really start thinking. You know, woo, buddy. The, the, the worst part about it. See, I'm gonna be honest. I was. I'm gonna be really, really honest about myself running here. Yeah. I wasn't a great track track athlete. Okay, um, that's such an hundred. We're gonna be, we're gonna be we're gonna be very blunt here. Eleven flat in the hundred. Uh, I was ten six seven. Oh, in the open hundred. Yeah, that doesn't suck, sir. No, that sucks for college though. You were running ten six in college. Ten six seven, Bruh. But when here's the thing that's Bruh. that sounds great in the for the pedestrians, but. When you consider so you're a 400 runner, so yeah, yeah, I'm a 400, so, 200 yeah, so long a, jump, but yeah, but to do a 10, wow. But here's the thing: it sounds great, right? Oh, you Kamar, you're burning them. Yeah, that's great. But when you're coming in fifth place, because <laughs> guys are guys are running 10 threes. But yeah, you're 10, right. But but 10, but the sprint, the hundred is elite anyway. That's, I know, that's, but that's what I'm saying. But like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. guys are running 10 threes, yeah, yeah. 10 fours, and, and you it, were West Coast too, bro. I get so you know what I mean. So here's the thing: I'm gonna be honest. Damn, he was running ten six. But let me let me tell you, that was the ha- fi- fastest time I ever did. And when I did a ten six seven, and that was when my body was clear, open. That's when my wow was my body was clear. And when I had I was healthy and everything, and and when I still came in fifth place, I was at peace. I was like, listen, this this is this oh, is yeah. it. Oh yeah, I can't. I, I, there's nothing more I can do. This is a PR. This is a, like, yeah, like I've PR. I can't go any wow. further. And every track athlete understands, like, there's a point in your mm-hmm. career you be like, all right, this is probably the best it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to the Olympics. I'd have been lucky if I had a 10, 9, 10, 8. I'd have been lucky, you know. Oh, like, no, yeah. I was doing that in, in wow. high school. Yeah. So, um, but you ran, but, but, Shakari ran a ten six eight. Yeah, but that's good for women. I, I know, but I'm just saying. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as since we're talking about her, I'm just thinking about that time frame. At the same time, yeah, you know, the same amount of speed, the same amount of speed. You know, clockwork is clockwork. You know, at the end of the day, the numbers added up to those same numbers of time. It's not like because she's a woman, you know. But no, but no, 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 day, no. But I'm saying that women's times are different than men's. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but of course. in men's times, the ten six seven is is slow. Oh no, no, no. Of course, but I'm just saying, legit though. That woman is, is beating me. She oh, yeah, killed, yeah, yeah, murdered yeah. me. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, question. Yeah. I would have yeah, had no yeah, chance, yeah. son. Right. You would actually keep up with her. <laughs> At least back in college. Uh, Yeah, you know. <laughs> she probably could. Honestly, I always felt like she's actually, she's faster in that time. I think she can get down to 10-4. Oh, bro, her start was horrible. She has no start. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. her end game and just that acceleration was just ridiculous. Well, she, it's incredible. Like, she <sighs> accelerates in the last 30 meters. Sorry, Rob. We're getting really Rob, deep into yeah, this. Yeah, it's just, it's we just lost me. Rob here. Rob is like, <laughs> bro. I mean, I so I needed to see her this year in Tokyo Rob, battling Rob. the Jamaicans. I needed that to happen. Rob was looking. Rob was kind of like, "Yo, we're good." Is he still here? <laughs> no, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm gonna let y'all vibe out because look, I still think this is good because you need to get the audience needs to get in the mind of a track athlete. Yes, sir. To truly understand. 
the the level in the the um you know how how strong this topic is because yeah. you know the mind of a track athlete is Man. very unique. Man. Very unique. That gun goes off, you feel absolutely no pain. You you really don't hear anything. The crowd is going crazy. You yeah. can't hear anything. You just see slow motion too. Yeah. You see slow motion. You ever see those movies with the motorcycles when there's like yeah. tunnel vision? Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. That's it. Being an athlete, like everything slows down, and yeah, that's when you're focusing on the finish line. Yeah, because you're trying to okay, how am I going to finish? Am I breathing correctly? How's my form? You know right. what I mean? Sometimes those thoughts go through your head if you have that time frame. In the 400, yeah, you do because you, you all day and a whole you know, right. but the 100 meters, not really. You know, you stretch out that leg, that gun go off, and this is the, you in the whole zone. It's like you literally are. Like I said, I said Zen, but you literally are just like. So space. I want to I want to break this down for people. So when you're like training for these events, like I, for 100, 200, right? Yes, sir. Um, you literally spend your entire life, or entire you you're practicing for like ten to twenty seconds. You're literally practicing for ten seconds of your life. Yeah, yeah. Everything goes for ten seconds, you know. And it's like it's for though that moment, it's like it's crazy that you could spend hours. For 10 seconds. Well, I think it's important, Kamar, break down real quick. We have some time. Break down. When it comes to a track athlete, you have sprinters, you got mid, yeah. you know, distance, you have distance, distance, you yeah. know what I mean? <clears throat> of course, you have the field events. But since we're I was, I was, I was recruited for field events. Yeah. Oh, oh, and he's out here running a 10-6. This it, guy. Yeah, cause they needed, they needed, <laughs> it goes into points, man. They needed this somebody. Guy. I was never the fast on the team, and they did it was, yeah. I just happen to be a long jumper, triple jumper, and I'm happen to running a ten six. Uh, <laughs> but but still, ten six is, seven. Don't say ten oh, six. Oh, ten six seven. That's not. If I was running the ten six, I, I probably would have gotten fourth place. I will say, I, <laughs> see, that's like me though, because I I was running a um, a, what what was it, a four point three in the forty in high school, but I ran a four three eight. I had the slowest out of four different times. And yeah. So, oh, but you ran a four three. No, I said I ran a four three eight. Yeah, it was almost a four five. You know what I mean? It's very or a four four actually. It's very different. <laughs> But I was going to say, break down as a sprinter some of the training techniques, right? That's your training and putting in work just because for 10 seconds, if you will, 11 seconds on the track. Like, what 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 goes into a workout? What are, what are some things? You want to hear a college workout? Just, I mean, try me. I'm just listening. For our listeners who may not know, who may, Jesus. you know, may not be. All right. So hypothetically. We, all right, man. So we have these things called ladders, right, on Mondays. A track ladder is something you do a 100, 200, 300, 400, um, 100, 200, 300, 400. No, I'm sorry. It's 50. That's what I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. It's like oh, 50 20. meters? It's 50, 50 meters. Mm-hmm. So you do 50, 1, 2, 3, a 4. Then you do down to a 3, 2, 1, 50. That's one ladder. Man, you were bringing it back. And we had to do four ladders. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that didn't include that didn't include the the two mile warm up. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the warm, warm up. up. Right. Right. You know, and the calisthenics that go before. Don't that. Don't let it be a heel day. That's a whole different situation. And then and then we had to do um weight training after that. Thank you. That's the weight training. So Bruh. so literally, you're spending literally hours just to, just for 10, 10, 11 seconds. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. your that's your life. And so somebody like. Sh- uh, Miss Richardson, like she, she's basing her entire life off of this existence of trying to get to the Olympics, and for her to deal with that, especially when she came on the scene in 2018, oh, 
And it was all that she she went pro in 2019. Um, and we'll get into that. But it's like everything when, that goes along with that. When I when I look at her, even from the physical standpoint, like, you know, her arms are, are defined, you know. She was a pro. She went pro. Pro. I, oh, I know. I know. But but from the physical outside, when you look at her, right, to me, she's like a Bambi, like a deer. Like, she's still young. Like, it's still a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, her arms are defined and developed, but her legs look like she can still get some more muscle tone. But, I mean, you know. But that you know, but the woman still has so much more development coming. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we haven't even seen the beginning. We haven't even seen anything yet, you know. Um, and it also speaks volumes. We'll probably get into it. Why Nike is definitely backing her. But let's hopefully we'll get into that. Yeah, as we'll, we'll get into that because I want to break down why Nike's the devil. So anyway, um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So uh, anyway, um, so he's wearing a full Adidas outfit, by the way, with a Wu Tang shirt. It's all good. <laughs> so um, I'm rocking Adidas too. But but Nike, shoes. yeah, I'm I'm crossfitting. But Go you know ahead. we we you know just kind of peeling back a little bit how she actually, uh, she was dealing with everything along with, um, Man. her life, and some people feel like you just threw all that away, but you don't understand the concept of like track and field and mm-hmm. an athlete for them to. It's a lot of pressure. I was just dealing with college. Mm-hmm. She's dealing with pro and going to Olympics and possibly and and taking care of her family. Mm. You know, and on top of dealing with personal stuff. When you say taking care of her family, what do you mean by that? Break it down. I'm talking about that she was actually, you know, she's a pro athlete now. Yep. Right. And yep. she's getting, she signed a contract with Nike. Right. And she had to get sponsored. She has to worry about sponsorships. Right. It's cool. This is all. She, I know she signed. has agents too, for sure. She has an agent. This yeah. is all she signed up for. Yeah. You know, and so she did all this with the concept of trying to better and better her life. For sure. But, you know, there's a thing we don't talk about, like with people who all of a sudden are pushed into fame. That transition, mm. it's really, really tough mm. when you're like thrown into the lines in of fame and notoriety, and it's like that is a lot for people to deal with. And you have to now you're yes, you you always want to be a you want to people oh, love to be famous, but there's no preparation for that. No, there's no preparation for fame and and for notoriety. What about this part? <clears throat> Hold on, let me just say this. Yep. And so when people were criticizing her, and this is the main point I want to say here, you actually, if you're if you lost your mother, mm. there's no way you can go ahead and do a, a work presentation the next day. No, there's no there's no way. I can't even imagine that. My right? mom is still here. I if you lost not, your father, there's I, no I way. I lost my dad, and I'll say it. Ha- I was literally on my way to work. But I kept working until I was told not to. I just didn't want to think about it, so I didn't want to face the feelings. Mm-hmm. But after I, I I zeroed in, I couldn't do. I couldn't. I couldn't go. You know. So there's a lot of people that feel. Oh well, she should have. She should have known better. But guess what? You wouldn't have been able to do. You would, any if you lost somebody that's close to you, or just lost a family member, and they were like, "All right, we need you to perform at the best of your ability." Then you'd be like, "Yo, I need. I need a moment." She performed. And she, she performed. She performed. At, she beyond her ability. She, she beyond, performed. She performed. She performed. Yes, and she knew the risk of, of, of you know, divulging and in, in the product, if you will. But I just wanted to say, too, because before we get too far off, we talked about um, when you get put into fame, whether or not you want it or not, notice and think about the sacrifices that come with that fame. Think about that. Think about all those people that we know who become this overnight, you know, singer or whatever it may be, actor or movie. And then you think about some things that happen in their personal life. They lose a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a correlation. And I want you know, we can talk about that later. But um, <clears throat> it's a scary thing. 
And what made me think about that? You mentioned Nike being the devil. I'm just like, you got to think about things. You know, it just it just happens sometimes. You know, but fame, there definitely is a correlation. But uh, people talked about, oh, well, you know, she should have had stronger people in her corner. She should have had. I can, we can talk. I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but Rob, let me let, let's bring you yeah, in. Yeah, Rob, I know you, Rob, you, Rob, still here. <laughs> Rob is still here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rob, I'm, I'm just thinking. Turn Rob's so, mic up. <laughs> let's take it back. Let's take it back to last Tuesday, um, when the news broke. Okay. So, uh, and I want to hear kind of like what everybody's initial reaction was when the news broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wifey and I were sitting there watching uh, Bobby Brown and Keith Sweat, Drunk Uncle, Drunk Uncle Battle <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> yes. Tearing it up, <laughs> killing on verses. So yes. and then the news broke, and mm-hmm. then you know I think it was Cam hit us in the in the group chat. I was like, "Yo, uh, Shakari is you know she got hit with a um taking yeah. a banned substance." Right. And at first, all they said was just a banned substance. Right. So I admit, my first reaction was like steroids. Fuck. Steroids. Me too. Me too. Like fuck, she got she took performance enhancers. That's like, all we could think oh, about. That's all we know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so that just threw me off. Immediately, that threw me off. I was kind of felt like, man, how are you going to throw this opportunity away? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, of course, in the time that we're in, as as time elapses and Twitter starts uncovering more details, mm-hmm. then it comes out that oh, it was weed. Like, it was weed. <clears throat> See, I, I, I feel like, uh-huh. so. Not even a performance enhancing drug, right. if anything, a drug that actually supposed to slow you down and calm you down, right. if anything. So, you know, like, oh, okay. Marijuana. Um, but the suspension was, we still knew some form of suspension was coming. We did. Oh, yeah. And I just really wanted to, I was really hoping the most, the best for her, mm-hmm. that it wasn't one, you know, in a, dream world they may look past it because it wasn't a performance enhancing drug or two that they would you know give her some kind of minimal sentencing or something to that effect um so i actually pulled up from the world anti-doping code what uh, their code actually says about her situation Mm. so if an athlete who tests positive for substance of abuse establishes that their use of the substance occurred out of competition and was unrelated to sports performance, the athlete will receive a three-month sanction. However, if the athlete satisfactorily satisfactorily completes a substance of abuse treatment program approved by the USADA, the sanction may be further reduced to one month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. So... Uh, it's a three month ban, and it's written what, in there. It's actually one. It's one month. She has, she's only for no, one. no, no. It's a three month ban, but right. if you complete the actual, um, if you complete a treatment program, so which she did, she actually completed a uh, treatment program, which um, then reduces it to just one month. Yeah. So, and we can talk about how that actually applies to her going forward, right? Um, right. you know, one of the things that I, 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 let's just talk about the WADA, right? The World Anti-Drug Association. 
Um, do you guys know who the biggest contributor to the world uh, WADA is? No. America. No. So they have a $37.5 million budget. Um, half of that is um, supplied by the IOC, the International Olympic Community com- uh, Committee. And the other half is su- supplemented by 200 host countries or 200 um, participant countries. America plays the greatest share of $2.7 million of that 30 of that of half of that $37.5 million. Um, yet with that being said, America also does not have a single member on the WADA board. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a big, there was like, I think was it last year? Um, the last administration did a whole report about whether or not we should continue funding the WADA um, or help giving funds to WADA because we are not we don't have a representative on that committee yet we are paying more than double um, the next host country which is Japan and um, London so we're paying the most yet we have no representation and our athletes and then our marketing dollars are actually the ones that are the biggest contributor for the um, uh, for the IOC right mm-hmm. and so there is a conversation happening about whether or not um, we should actually be having some more say about the policy. Now, the WADA, they actually um, adhere to the policy of marijuana because of the fact of criminalization around the world, not just in America. But we can't ignore the fact that America played a large part in the perception and propaganda of marijuana in, the, in this uh, in society especially when we consider how it's been criminalized and has disproportionately affected uh, black community. So, I mean, I think that is the larger conversation. I know a lot of people obviously feel like, well, how come, you know, if America, can America have any say in the WADA? No, they do not have a say. But I actually think that maybe possibly if we uh, withdraw funding, maybe possibly, they would actually start to adhere to more of a modernized approach. And they actually under, they actually acknowledged in the 2018 report mm-hmm. that there was no f- sort of medical advancement behind um, the theory of, uh, of, uh, of marijuana being a banned substance. Wow. They admitted that in wow. 2018 wow. internal report. So even wow. with the understanding of that that report not being uh, being given to that committee and they still understanding that and they've increased the amount of cannabis use but it's still not enough and a lot of countries are saying that listen our athletes are being penalized for something that has no basis of um of increasing competition so you know there is therein lies the issue in where you have a, a banned substance that offers no form of athletic uh, you know, no form of a- 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 athletic uh, advancement. You know, yet it's still considered a PED in the sense, or a banned substance, rather. Well, it's definitely not an enhancer. But I, I only thing that kind of made sense to me as to why it's still relevant, um, as as you know, a banned substance is because look at a lot of these other countries and how when they have people that get arrested or, or they're criminalized or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. in regarding marijuana or THC, you know, that's a heavy, heavy sentence, you know, like people get jailed for months. And I mean, it's, it's really, Let's, you know, years. Tokyo, actually Tokyo, Tokyo is one of them. Tokyo is, is one of the harshest penalties for um, marijuana. Think what? about Dubai. 
Yeah. What happens? Dubai automatic jail. You you could be in Vegas one night and then go to the hospital because it's a confirmed case. Go to the hospital because you're sick and they find that you had marijuana in your system and you may have taken it while you were in partying in Vegas, but because you're in Dubai where it's illegal, dude went to jail. It's a confirmed case. Like it's literally like you know. Well, yeah, it's a fel- it's a um, criminalized felony for five to ten years in in Tokyo, sir. And they they reiterated that like last year. <clears throat> Um, during the Olympics, they said, "Hey, I mean, when they were in the Olympics, the Olympics, they said, hey, just a reminder that we, it's, it was odd that this is mm. months before the whole Miss Richardson uh, ordeal. Um, but it, they, they uh, made sure the athletes understood that we are absolutely forbid marijuana or cannabis use in Japan because it's a, it's um, a substance that carries with it a, a serious penalty. So, I've never been to Japan. So, go ahead, go ahead, Rob. Because I, 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 I might be off. I might go left, but go ahead, Rob. I was just gonna say real quick. So, I think this is this conversation we're having is important to why this ruling came down the way it did and why these laws are in place. Um, this is not a American organization. This is a world organization. So. Yes, we all know American laws and, mm-hmm. and, and American standards, but 90% of the people don't know world standards and Correct. what their take is on, on, on weed and marijuana. I mean, we, we're out here legalizing it in certain states, whereas, you know, still on a worldwide scale, it's not as highly accepted. And y'all are making that point. Right. And so... Honestly, they could be they could be honestly looking at this situation. If I, I could see a board member at the um at, on the on the uh, doping committee saying one month is light. That is a light, light um, sentencing or whatever ban that we've placed on her. What the fuck are y'all tripping over? Mm-hmm. Right. So there could be you're right. And there in that part, they might say, well, you know, listen, she knew the rules and she said, I knew the rules and I still decided to do what I wanted to do. Right. But, um, the idea that these rules are based on a antiquated understanding of what, uh, of, of the, um, drug is problematic. Right. Because there's actually been no right. cases that is actually enhanced anybody's physical, um, ability to perform. Performance, performance, yeah. right? And so that yeah. is the that in in therein lies the issue of when are you going to adopt a standard that follows a a medical principle that this does not enhance the athlete, except you're just penalizing him. It's like penalize to some. You're like you're penalizing them for essentially Advil. Yeah, we yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with it, um, and so. In, in our eyes, in our eyes, but in their eyes, but yeah, in certain <clears throat> countries, I mean, and you know, certain countries are like saying, "Hey, listen, we freak, like like Tokyo or Japan, rather, we strictly forbade it." Um, I want to actually play a clip here uh, regarding um, cannabis propaganda, especially here when, in the United States. Okay, so bear with me. Listen, Drew Carey, all you adults always tell us the same thing: weed's gonna kill us. It's a gateway drug. Vine isn't funny. Oh, no. For most people, weed is essentially harmless. Okay, no way, Jose. Look, I know this stuff is a little overboard, but 
You can't tell kids weed isn't bad. Of course I can. It's true. And we've known it for decades. Counting deaths from the substance alone, alcohol kills 88,000 people a year. Tobacco kills 480,000. And marijuana kills absolutely no one. Uh, according to curriculum, marijuana can get you hooked on harder substances. It's a gateway drug. Yeah, educators have been saying that for years, but it's not true. Most people who try marijuana don't even continue smoking marijuana. <laughs> this dude knows what's up. Now, that doesn't mean that it's perfectly safe. Dude, I thought you were cool. Oh, I wish. If you're under 25, smoking weed can lead to memory problems and poor cognitive functioning. But if you're an adult and your brain is finished developing, it's really your choice. Adam, wrong way, also not in a school. Sorry, I usually only smoke at parties and I'm rarely invited to them. I wonder why. The truth is, if you know the risks and you use it in moderation, weed is no big deal. And in fact, humans have been using it for millennia. Humans started growing cannabis as a crop over eight thousand years ago. This crop will feed our family for a year. And this crop will make movies way funnier. In 440 BCE, Herodotus wrote about the ancient tradition of cannabis steam baths. Fellow citizens, as a wise man once told me, vape life. <laughs> and in America, for many years, marijuana was available in over-the-counter medications. Step right up and try Professor Holcorium's rejuvenating tincture. Now with the Arab hashish. For most of America's history, weed was legal. No one cared about it. Wait, so what changed? I mean, there must be some reason we banned it. Oh, there is, and it's real weird. Enter Harry Anslinger, commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics and a staunch prohibitionist. Yeah. Our funding has been cut. They'll shut me down if I don't find a new chemical to demonize. Let's see. What are people scared of for no good reason? Aha! Mexicans! And Mexicans smoke marijuana. That's it. Hey, racist mob. Marijuana makes Mexicans thirst for white blood. Spread the word. Anslinger used that racism to fuel a propaganda campaign against the drug, testifying before Congress. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. Soon, the marijuana causes violence meme was everywhere, from newspapers to movies. Just a young boy. Under the influence of the drug, he killed his entire family with an axe. To subtle political cartoons. Nazi propaganda. What does that even mean? Why would he just say the words Nazi propaganda? Honestly, no idea. But it worked. In 1937, Congress banned marijuana. And later, with Anslinger's help, they passed the first mandatory minimum sentencing laws, which made it so that your first time getting caught with this could put you away from two to 10 years. Thank you, that's what I thought. And the true irony is, the government knew Anslinger's claims were false. Scientists proved marijuana wasn't connected to violence or insanity in the 40s. And in 1973, a bipartisan commission recommended Nixon decriminalize it. But Nixon being Nixon... Mr. President, literally everyone agrees. Marijuana is safe. Out! Get out! I have zero chill! The war on drugs begins now! I don't understand. If he knew it was safe, why would he be so tough on it? Well, why don't you ask Nixon's aide, John Ehrlichman? He said in 1994, We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. 
But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. That's a real quote. Yeah, that's a real quote. Nixon started the war on drugs to bully his political enemies and minorities. His own aide admitted it. I can't believe I've been teaching this to children. At least it's better now, right? You wish. Despite laws being loosened in a few states, mandatory minimums are still in effect all across the country, and marijuana still accounts for nearly half of all drug arrests. And despite the fact that white and black people smoke at basically the same rate, black people are four times as likely to be arrested for marijuana. Look, we know for a fact that weed isn't dangerous, but we're still following racist old laws and throwing countless people of color in prison for no reason. So... There's a little bit more in that, but I actually that uh, video is called Adam Ruins Everything. You guys should really check it out. I love that series. Um, I've watched that. Yeah, I've watched that a few times. Yeah, it's really, it's right really, now. it's really informative and and entertaining at the same time. That's why I played it. I, there was another video um, or clip I was gonna uh, play, but I felt like that was a little bit more entertaining to listen to and it, as informative. Um, so, but the main takeaway I wanted everybody to listen to is the fact that. The concept of cannabis was a, a manufactured idea of uh, propaganda, a manufactured idea that it was actually a a um, bad substance, right? Because it literally was done, done created for political reasons. Mm-hmm. And in this country, we've adhered to it for so long to the point where even it's still a, a drug um, that the federal government bans. Um, and why it's certain states um, are still uh, laboring with the idea of trying to legalize it. I was kind of looking at the states that uh, have legalized marijuana. And for the most part, um, these states have a pre- predominantly, um, they're predominantly white states. Boy. Right? <clears throat> you know, with the Colorado. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, New Mexico. Well, New Mexico is, 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 is uh, predominantly um, white and, and um, there's a huge Latino uh, presence, but um, Nevada, West Coast, Washington, West Coast, Oregon, West Coast, Montana, yep, <laughs> Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now of course, you know you have the, the Illinois and you have the Michigan's, but you have Maine, wow, Vermont. Massachusetts, you know, and so then, but none of the southern states. Florida's halfway. They're they're half. Florida half. and California has a has a large um, African American population. Of course, Alaska's another one. Oh yeah. So remember the, the lady from Alaska News Channel that quit on yeah, live yeah. TV? Right. So I mean, um, but states with the highest highest population of um, black folk. Hmm. Uh, are have not decriminalized mm. marijuana. Mm. That's interesting. That is an interesting stat that I thought would be interesting. And actually, um, it's worth pointing out. Sir. It's just worth pointing out, right? And so, mm. you know, just something to, to mm. ponder about. Um, mm. Now, of course, food for thought. Just food for yeah. thought. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> but I mean, to answer, so there's a guy named Nicholas Smith who actually posed a question about in the states with legalized marijuana, the crime rates have remained relatively the same. 
So where are these community benefits that supposed to happen by legalizing the drugs? Right. So the idea that, okay, since it's, you know, if it's legalized, what's the big deal about it? Right. What's the big deal about how it gets back to the community and the function of that a functionality? Why do black folks focus on that? Because as you saw, as you heard, Nick, um, this policy was t- largely targeted towards black Americans. And even if on this, the, political lens of let's just decriminalize it and get get rid of this negative connotation concerning it you wouldn't have uh this idea of uh, of criminalizing black folk who (laughs) who happen to be in possession of this this substance it'd be like you riding around your car with advil Mm. and if for nothing else (laughs) it's to protect black folk that's what it is that's what, and that's where we're at, we're at with it. Now, as far as the financial benefits of it, when you decriminalize something and you 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 legalize it for everybody, there are a multitude of different ways of avenues for making money. And I did a whole two podcasts on um, the ways to make money through um, the cannabis industry. But, you know, it's very hard to do that in large black populaces when licensing is manipulated by those who meet who um, meet certain criteria. Right. When it, the governments or the lobbyist groups are set up to benefit those who have money. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, right. That, that is a very those are very difficult things. So, yes, let's say like Chicago. Right. It's fully decriminalized. Yeah. But and but in order to get a permit, you have to, you know, it's like all these red tapes that you have to do, you know, and it's in it's just conversation about how it's hard to get a dispensary in Illinois and things of that nature, especially people of color, sir, especially people of color. So the, the question shouldn't be, why should we decriminalize it? Because it doesn't effectuate actual finances. The first step is let's decriminalize it. The yeah. second step is now, how do we make this process a little bit more equitable for other people? But we can't get to that step until we first have a full scale de- um, decriminalization across the country. Then we can talk about equalization. But to your point, Nick, if the basis of not of decriminalizing something because we can't we don't benefit as a country, uh, we don't benefit as a community. Let me let you in on something. Black folk are the minority in every professional industry, period. And so, that's like saying for us, well, what's the point of black folk practicing law because you know we understand that y'all don't have. It's harder for y'all to get. Own a business. It's harder for y'all to, you know, to uh, open up, uh, open a practice, or it's harder for y'all to practice, or whatever. Like, it's like no, like it's harder for y'all to. I mean, excuse me, to go to, go to law school. The lack of representation opportunities in a field does not negate the point of actually wanting to have equality in that field. Right. And then we should right. actually not. We shouldn't shy away from actually wanting to be a part of a a business community because it hasn't shown itself to be. Plur, uh, the plurality of equality of that representation in that business. That's not that's not how we base things, and we should be we should be very uh, uh, clear on that, right? Now, you know, I actually want to see it. I want to see what happens when the entire country is decriminalized. How does that? What is the tailwind? Is that is, yeah. is that even possible? Yes, it's possible. It's possible. You know, and you know, I know there's the. the the um, House has drafted a bill and the Senate has argued on the bill. But, you know, Joe Biden has kind of dragged his feet on that because he was he's not a big proponent of that either. Um, 
you know, and so there, therein lies that. I mean, but it's it's just not on Biden. It's we had a black president who didn't really think that was a high priority either, you know. And the idea of that, the fact that like, let's just talk talk about it. You we had politicians that love to elicit the coolness factor of what cannabis is, right? You know, they go on and say, "Oh, I smoked when I was in my youth." Mm-hmm. It makes them very cool, mm-hmm. you know. But then, you know, even from anywhere from Kamala, Barack, Bill, they've all mentioned how they participated, right? But they drag their feet when it comes to actually um, legitimizing it because we want it to be counterculture. We don't want to, it, it, and it help, It might help them in order to get elected, but it's not going to be something that they want to base their fact of, uh, of actually helping black folk. It's too liberal. It's it's but still it shouldn't too be liberal. But it shouldn't subject. be. But it shouldn't but be. It, it shouldn't at all. It shouldn't at all because marijuana is not a liberal versus conservative topic. It's not a liberal versus conservative drug. No. But somehow the the respective communities have made it that they've but, made it a you know oh it's a young it's a young person's drug no it's not i'm I'm literally holding a face mask in my hand from COVID 19 so we can make a mask conservative versus liberal you know what i mean so i'm like yeah and we're talking about marijuana and tac we can make this water bottle in my hand if you have the blue water bottle you know what i mean so propaganda runs thick in our society just wanted to point it out Mm -hmm. continue sir no, it's it's, it's all it's, good. It's ridiculous. It's as far as how we do stuff. It's all good. It's, it, you're right. Propaganda is it is, is uh, um we're thinking everything we do. And in fact, if we've politicized wearing a mask, we can mm-hmm. definitely politicize marijuana. But I just want to say that, you know, at one point, um, gay marriage was illegal. True. And, you know, gay marriage wasn't a Republican or Democrat thing because there were gay there were people who were gay on the left and the right. But we, the conversation was advanced that it wasn't something that, you know, it became, I guess the, the I don't want to say the propaganda, but the conversation surrounding it changed. We evolved as mm. a society and we, as we changed the way we looked at that, that subject. And so, we have to well, evolve in the way we look at cannabis. Why did we evolve as a society? Because I've thought about this with the gay marriage topic. Is it because the gay community has become so strong and prominent. No, no. And that's not why it is. Like, what, what, you know, mm. I, but it, I wonder, I wonder why, you know, that agenda was pushed along and moved forward where other agendas are not. I want, I want to say an agenda. What I would say is that the idea that we actually started looking at it from more of a humanity basis and less of a, unless of a, um, sexual preference right and I, and I, oh, let me just say this thought when we started looking at things from um in the human purposes and logical it made it made sense to quote-unquote decriminalize <laughs> you know gay marriage right and so right. We, right. to legalize gay marriage and so we ha- we have to get to that point in cannabis we have to take out you know, the emotional and look at things in a logical sense. And that's where the conversation needs to go. Yes. But I, I just want to say, I think you're right, Kamar. And I think Rob, you are also right. You know, both of you guys know that I've worked into a, I worked in a, a community nonprofit field for a while. Um, no longer former. And when the 
opportunities to change people's mindsets, especially regarding gay members or that sort of thing. Um, it wasn't so much the mindset or the feeling of the emotion, but it was so much they got tired of being hit in the pockets. So when you have an organization standpoint, if money can be influenced, if your if your donors, if the people who you sponsor you, who keep you afloat, keep your lights on, if they're experiencing the pressure constant over and over and over, saying, hey, we're being threatened that we're going to get canceled, they're going to keep getting at us, so we need to do something about it. So money is a factor. You follow the money. And if a group organization can't get strong enough to battle that, I think a lot of times that's why we are starting to notice culturally when it comes to African-Americans, people are starting to listen a little bit because we're starting to realize the power of organizing, you know, but we're not the best at it just yet, but it's about to, it's coming. But when you do organize and you attack where the money is and who pays for what, and when you focus on that little aspect, that's when things you'll notice in this world definitely get changed at a faster rate. Um, that That's exactly what I was going to say, Howard, that I think you hit it right on the head. That's kind of the point that I, in the direction I was going in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you articulated it very well. Um, you know, Hey, follow the money, follow the money. money. And as the, as the dollar becomes more prominent in a certain community and behind a certain legislation, Mm -hmm. that's going to get moved a little bit bit higher up on the, on the checklist than Mm -hmm. others. Like who's leading the cause for marijuana? Who's who? What what big Fortune 500 CEO? What two percenter or two percenters are leading the cause for marijuana marijuana reform in mm. legalization? So it's going to stay at the bottom of the pile. Well, again, it so you have, it has to be legitimized by uh, the right proponent. That's what you're saying to right. say. And so. Right. Um, but to the point where I'm saying is this is not a left and right thing. I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna drop a uh, clip. Okay. Here. So. All right, Pete. Let's talk about one more case. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, one of the court's most conservative justices, we know, spoke about federal marijuana laws after the court declined to hear a case about it. What did he say? And, and how rare is it to hear from one of the justices after the fact? Uh, well, not ra- not rare, but ra- rare to hear one of them, like Clarence Thomas, say, you know, federal marijuana law is a mess and maybe we ought to change it. This was an appeal from a Colorado marijuana dispensary that wasn't allowed, like other businesses, to deduct its ordinary business expenses. And that, that lost in the lower courts appealed to the Supreme Court because the IRS treats marijuana businesses differently because federal law still says it's illegal to possess or sell or deal in marijuana. What Justice Thomas says is maybe this doesn't make any sense anymore with 36 states now allowing marijuana dispensaries, 18 of them legalizing recreational marijuana. He said the federal law here is a hodgepodge, that it sort of turns a blind eye to what the states are doing Hmm. in some areas of the law, but the IRS still treats these businesses differently. Maybe he said it's time to take another look at this. So to your point, um, I think it, you, you said that last line, the IRS looks at these things differently. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's a money thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're going to have to change the way they look at these things because you have some states being taxed in a certain way, but then if, under state taxes, but then the federal government, you know, how they operate with the taxes. And so it's, it's the idea that they're going to have to change the way they evaluate this, um, 
this this substance because um, financially the U.S. is not benefiting the way that it should. Right. And so, um, and even I, I took it a point to highlight that scene because you have someone like Clarence Thomas, who's a strict conservative on the court, and even he's saying that it's an antiquated law. We can't keep going down this path. I say in about next five to ten years, we're going to see every state's going to be um, legalized. And, okay. you know, that's kind of going to be my um, prediction here. And so, you know, just talking about the, the federal government and evaluation here, uh, Ms. Richardson, I think you showed how there was a, um, I think there was a congressional investigation, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and yeah. what they're going to do. You know, I, I, the, the the point of the matter is like Congress has no power right. with um, WADA. What they can do is strip the financial, um, the, the pocketbook of WADA and say, hey, we're not going to contribute as much as, as as uh, we're not going to contribute as much as we've done in the past because we are by far the highest contributor, um, you know, until maybe we get a little bit stronger voice in that community. And IOC is, is a organization that's ripe with, um, you know, WADA. No, no. IOC is, is ripe with corruption. That's what I'm going to say. Oh like, yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're a corrupt organization through and through. And so, um, you know, they're not exactly operating with the with high moral standards, and so I I find it hard to believe that there couldn't be a push and pull if we start withdrawing funding from this. And I think you know that should be the conversation there. All right. Um, well, real quick, what is the reasoning? What would be the benefit of bringing this up to Congress? Is there any benefit? What is the benefit of for Congress? Yeah, for their involvement. I mean, to, to evaluate funding. You know, and evaluate like whether or not the rules and the and the application of those rules are um, are being uh, fairly applied, unfairly applied. So, just because you're evaluating, you're studying, you're analyzing, will anything come of it? You know, what I mean, do we are there any plans? Of probably any, not. Know, probably not. You literally have a, what? How many days until the Olympics? Yeah, I think this is just, it's a great election ploy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's kind of what I would look at. Yeah. So I want to talk about like Olympics and anti-blackness. So there's been the whole thing, like the conversation surrounding mm. Olympics, and they're like they had the um, the the caps, swim caps. Yep. And then there was yep. um, the banning of the Nigerian. Yep. Um, four by four, four by one team, four by four. women, right? Yeah, women's four by one team. Mm. And um, why were they banned? Then they prohibit. Then they prohibit wearing uh, any Black Lives Matter. Um, well, okay, so so here's that. I've heard that one. So yes and no. Um, they uh-huh. prohibited any political speech and any right. political um, identification. and um, But it's always been part of that. Like Rule 50 of the um, IOC has always been against that. Uh, especially, it, it came about in 1975 after, um, yes, John Carlos and Tommy Smith um, in 1968 right. Olympics. Um, and they, they had, and so, um, so, yes, they had this rule in place about not having overly identifiable political messages with the idea that the that politics is supposed to be the one place in the Olympics where things um, are set aside mm. for 30 days, mm. you know, countries set aside their pol- political divisions mm. and involve themselves in the game at the heart of the games. And that's kind of the idea, but the idea that politics and the Olympics are, can be separated. They're so intertwined because so intertwined. 
that is especially in the way our country views the Olympics. It's an overly nationalistic um, appeal. So how can you have people with nationalistic identities and then say, we don't want to involve politics in it? Mm. Yeah. You know, like you want to, you want people to be pro flag, but mm. not to have any conversations surrounding that flag. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we want you. We want you to represent America, or or whatever you country you're from. Any any real feelings you have about America, or whatever country you're from, because it's not just yeah yeah it's yeah, not, yeah yeah. It's not just everybody, you're right. Everybody has their their qualms. Everybody has their issues. You're right. Right. So true. So you know, there's an idea that whether or not you know is this rule misapplied strictly, you know, in light because I know that was the whole conversation with uh, BLM and. They don't want BLM images flashed across the screen. You know, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if so, that's necessarily the case. So, if somebody wears a T-shirt or or a face mask, will they are they going to get? I don't know, penalized or I, thrown out. You know, I, it's a very Dang. gray area. And Rule Fifty is a very gray area. But wow. they, it's the idea that you're not supposed to have overly political, sensationalized. Um, imagery. What about the uh, the one medal award winner who turned her back the, on the fl- during yeah, the flag? Yeah, turned her back and during the flag. That's her political. That's her statement. She can make a statement. Okay, right. But it's not. She's not wearing any imagery. I got you. I got you. No promote. Yeah. But will yeah. she be right. penalized for that? Uh, you know, and it, and te- technically the Olympics haven't started though. So, you know. Yeah, so, and that was still on American soil, but still. Yeah, so I mean, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I it's, like, it's a great area. Yeah, yeah, it's a great area. So I mean, I know there was a whole lot of um, pushback against that, like you know why she she's turning her back on the national anthem and everything. So you know, and been so doing that for years. I mean, <clears throat> you know, if I could tell you about a story about young Kamara Williams who got called into the office because <laughs> he, he yes. didn't do his pledge of allegiance, and yes. his his mother went by and said. What the problem is mm-hmm. So you know mm-hmm. We can talk that story It's another podcast Bro, For the day We used to have trap meets And as yeah. a group We wouldn't stand For the you know For the song And that was during The apartheid days And we were literally Protesting that You know Yeah, yeah. So Protest is a part well, Of the American ideal Hence the reason Why we have The Declaration of Independence Shout out to my mom Fika um, Sorry Yeah go Shout out to your mom It's all good Oh yeah, yeah Definitely want to shout out Fika Munira Because she is a realist Yeah You know No doubt Um. So you know Anti-blackness within the Olympics, it goes, it's even deep-seated into the sense of, um, you know, with Flojo and how she was, how she was perceived, right? Oh, this ties in because what some of the ideas with uh, Ms. Richardson, I think some of that, the pushback against her mm. was the way she looked. Oh, oh, I was waiting, yeah, we, that was the, the elephant in the room. I mean, that was the first thing. Everybody, before she was even like, Knowing about this whole thing, her the, her nails, her tattoos, her tattoos, her piercings, the hair, the hair, bruh, like the hair struck me first. And remember the um, what's the movie with I volunteer as tribute? Yeah. Um. Oh, what's that? Uh, are you talking about? Um. I know you're talking about Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. Hunger Games. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when they were like on that thing and they're displaying yeah, the, the girl, games the girl and on fire. had the, the girl on fire. Yeah. yeah. Her hair was bright orange and it reminded me of that. I'm like, she set her hair on fire, Loki. You know what I mean? Symbolically. And that girl's out here killing it. I mean, all these things and people. Man, people people gave her the negative connotations and that killed that. That messed me up. I hated hearing those negative things. Hated and hearing again, that. That 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 goes to 
our society and the worldwide view of right. beauty. Because now, now with the Olympics, we're not just talking about American societal Man. views of beauty. Now we're talking about worldwide views yep, of right. beauty. So mm -hmm. if you look back, um, like uh, Cam brought up Flojo, mm -hmm. um, but uh, you look at others that were highly past uh, female track stars mm -hmm. that were highly publicized and glamorized but never actually won a medal. Mm, mm. Lolo Jones never won a medal, y'all. Mm. Right, right. Marion Jones never won a medal. We can talk about Marion Jones. Yeah. They mm. never won a medal, but but they are more of what society deems a more traditional, beautiful yeah. woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Without the nails, without the eyelashes, mm -hmm. without the fancy hair. The tattoos and, everything. and the piercings. Mm -hmm. The piercings and everything, you know, but meanwhile, in the African-American community, you know, that's our people that we embrace those women. We embrace the Flojos. Of course. We embrace the Shakaris. Of course. We embrace the Jackie Joyner Curses because they're a fair and honest representation of our communities. Yeah. So, so, but, you know, let's just be fair, though, because there are also internal those within the black community that. Did not like the way she looked. I was about to say we don't all embrace. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, they, we but uh, we we do because it's our own. But we all not all don't of us embrace. It no. wasn't uniform. It, there were no. some were like you saw before all this. It was some being like, "Yo, why she look like that? Why did she?" You know, they talked about her features being too masculine. They talked about you know the piercings being too rough, and you know the the tattoos all over her body, and like it was just this very remember the bamboo earring logo for yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, like it was mm -hmm. like they. They classified her as like, oh, she's not the ideal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, she's not the right. ideal image. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to walk away from that because what is the ideal? Thank you. What is the ideal? Exactly. What is this Eurocentric idea of they have to look a certain way in order to be presentable to the world? Like, who's this 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 um, personification of beauty Man. that we have that we in order to make other people comfortable? Thank you. It's, de it's designed to make other people comfortable. Thank you. You're uncomfortable because it makes other people uncomfortable. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. the idea. And you don't want to, you don't want them to kind of look at them and whisper. So your you are your idea of evaluation is centered on whiteness. Mm -mm -mm. And so that is the that is the elephant in the room is when we we evaluated her, or it's not we, because I didn't. I didn't. But um, I didn't. There were certain segments of the community. That evaluated her and they centered their conversation and on judge, whiteness and judged judge, her. And so, judge demeaned and yeah. just spit. It was just ignorance. Yeah. And so it was like, it was it was showing in the way they were like, well, you know what? And she shouldn't have smoked weed. But it, it happened again after that. That's why my initial shock when I heard about it, I was disappointed because I'm thinking, oh, damn, automatically steroids. Never, never in my in my idea would I be thinking that it was marijuana. You know that wouldn't that didn't cross my mind. So, but I'm thinking like, damn, if it's steroids, it's intentional. But maybe she had something a breakfast sandwich or, or a muffin with poppy seeds. You know, maybe there's some sort of explanation because everybody takes so many things that have so much complexities. You know, that maybe something showed up and it just got misread. So I was waiting for that. But Jamaica came out first on their like Facebook page and put the little eyes on it, like they knew, you know, like you know, almost like uh oh, mm -hmm. y'all, you know, they knew, but they just didn't say it. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, let's talk about her team. Okay. 
So I remember, um, and Howard, you can tell me it's happened to you. Coach is always like, never accept a water bottle that's not opened. For me, it, that been, wasn't so deep yet. For me, had, n- Wait, yeah, never accept, never, never accept a water bottle that has been opened. Our our right. our team weren't we, Wittenberg University was my college, so uh, my squad, you know, D three, we weren't testing like that. But no, I, but I mean, no, the concept is real. You no, know, but I mean, there was no testing. It was just yeah. kind of the idea, like the concept is real. You have to know what's in your body for right? sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you have to know what's in your body. You know, you just don't want to take everything yep. we have was water or Gatorade, and the, yeah. and the Gatorade had to be if it was already open. Mm-hmm. You you know, you don't drink it. Well, we were drinking creatine too. We had creatine shakes. That was well, you are a football school. team as yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, is somewhat, yeah, that's a lot too. But anyway, go so ahead. To the idea behind her, that's what well, my initial thoughts was okay, okay, yes, I agree, mm. self accountability. But I was thinking about her team. Mm. But before we have to get into her team, we have to kind of get into like who her team is. And her coach is Dennis Mitchell. And Dennis Mitchell was somebody who. If that name sounds familiar, um, was stripped in the Olympics because of doping in 1987. Oh, so I'm about to look him up. And you know, he actually uh, excuse me, 1988 Olympics, and um, African American. Yep. And so, you know, he's been um, sort of uh, his history has surrounded him as far as doping. Is concerned. Oh, I remember him. Yes. And oh. so, right. And so, listen, to the point where even, um, oh man, in 1998, he tried to explain away his ex- in excess testosterone by finding, by claiming that the night before the test, he drunk five beers and had sex with his wife four times. It was her birthday. And in his <laughs> words, the lady deserved a treat. That was how he just tried to describe why he had. Enhanced huge growth, um, growth uh, HGH in his system. Um, it was elevated at the time, right? Wait, so was he blaming on like the blue pill? What was? No, he was just trying to explain away why he had HGH because he was he had a lot of he was drinking a lot of pills and whatever. Right? But he was back in them Carl Lewis days, right? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and so you know, but let's just even go a little further. Dennis Mitchell also was the trainer for Marion Jones. Oh gosh. Oh mm. wow! So you your all these thoughts went through your head. All these thoughts went through my head. Right? Damn, bro! And so, and I thought to myself, like, then wow. you started giving a little bit, dig deep, and you're like, wait a minute, why did Nike? Nike's mm. the one who introduced Dennis Mitchell to. Wow, Miss Richardson. Miss Richardson. Wow, bro! Right. Mm-hmm. So Nike put this team around her, and now I'm not saying Dennis gives does not is not a great track coach. No, of course he not. actually Probably. trains out here in Claremont. Okay. You know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that know him and may listen to the show. Sure. But I'm just saying that there is this cloud that's oh, around him, you know, that surrounds him and his athletes. And so I wonder, I wonder if, you know. Jesus. It was kind of like because of who her coach is, Jesus. she was given extra attention <clears throat> in testing. Well, well, no, well, well. Anybody who's going to be in the spotlight, if you're hitting one to three in the meddling, you know, They're, you're going to get spotlight automatically, automatically, automatically. Right. And then right. with her, with her time, so that's why it was like no question. 
I wasn't holding my breath. I heard more chatter on the Jamaican side. Yeah. That we should be watching out. We'll probably hear news from Jamaica in regards to their testing. I didn't see it or expect it because we know we're going to be scrutinized. You know, but, I mean, you know, but geez, I just I think about it. So Mitchell runs Star Athletics um, with his wife, um, Damu Cherry Mitchell, um, uh, who also is a former former Olympic hurdler who's banned for two years for testing positive for Nandrolene, a right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like that's her the team around her. Jeez, that's crazy, right? And so. There, that's why you had, and that's why she had to get on interview and say that no, this is there's no HGA. I'm never no steroids, what like that, because there clearly the chatter around her, of course, was that course. was this, was this a masking agent? Of course, right? You know, now it's been d- disputed that this clear was not a masking agent because it was enough cannabis in her system to mask any type of thing. But here's why where I want to get into team. Wait, 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 no, what, no, just pick, hold on, we gotta go, just a minute, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> that just blow your mind? You you did, okay. because, so, THC has been used or can be used as a masking agent? It can be used as a masking agent. Is it enough to, to, to mask steroids? Um, they, yes, they, enough of it can be, enough, yes. Well, you know how I am in conspiracy theories. Okay. So this I'm not, whole I'm not saying she uh, this is I'm not by the way, Howard, I'm not saying that's the case. No, I, I know you're not. I know you're not, but just the way my mind works, I, I'm I'm really, you know, extreme with it. So because I think everybody in the free world automatically first thought, well, if you're running this fast, it must be steroids. I didn't think know? so. And no, 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 well, I'm just saying after she was tested, mm-hmm. after she was she had a positive test, mm-hmm. everybody automatically assumed nobody thought weed. Oh yeah, nobody thought weed. Yeah, right. So, thank God that it was just weed, mm-hmm. and and it had a perfect storyline with her mom passing and the whole nine. And Shakari, if you're listening, I am definitely on your side. You know, I, I'm yes, I'm. But I'm just saying, the further extreme, you know, what you're saying very well could be plausible. But uh, especially, I didn't know the team was surrounded by this Dennis Mitchell, um, and, and wow, that's that's kind of crucial. But I mean, the history of the Olympics and American teams. I mean, it's going to be there regardless. So I'm just going to be quiet. Continue, sir. Please, please continue. I'm oh no, no. I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> I think that's we have to talk about with the team around her. Wow. I I think they failed her. Yeah. Yes, she had some level of accountability, um, but the idea that you know, okay, one it's one thing to put these people around her. This coach, and let's say he's a fantastic coach. He may have a sordid history surrounding the Olympics, and you know that stuff. Always, that stuff lingers, right? That stuff never goes away. They always, there's always gonna be whispers and whatnot, um, especially surrounding your. If you've had athletes that have tested positive and whatnot, right? Um, but I just think about okay. I just I, you, you can't stop somebody from smoking weed. You can't stop it. No, you can't. No, it's an individual thing. You can't stop it. But I just, I, I feel like at some point, the team. I just feel like somebody dropped somewhere. Someone dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, like let's. Uh, uh, there was a there's a uh, joke that you know what like if you listen in the weed man no, nobody was gonna like sell that to you in the community. 
Right, you know what I mean? Because like you, you, nah, going so to, you got the Olympics. You got the Olympics. You got bro. Olympics. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I ain't, yeah. I ain't going. That's real talk. Who's going? You know what I mean? Like that's real talk. Like the people around her should have protected her. Like, listen, man, you got bigger stories here. You got that's a big. I, listen, you want to let's talk about it. That's real talk. Let's talk about your mom. You know what I mean? Um, so real quick, so you're thinking it should have been covered up. No, 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 I'm thinking mm. that it shouldn't have gotten, they should have, because we're talking about mental health, and they knew what she was dealing with, and so I they, just. They could have turned the other way. No, 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 no. He, he, I think he's saying to help prevent her from even going that, stretch down going that, that path. Yeah. yeah, 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 to even consider needing to smoke marijuana to release or to relax or to whatever. If her team literally like that's almost like you know a stronger team around her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you you want to take somebody into okay, hey, not suicide watch, but like hey, this is serious. Like let's keep a real close eye. You know, she just found out her mom passed away. You know, yeah. okay. I let's see what you're let's just protect her even closer. Right. Let's bring her in a little closer. Yeah. And it, like what you have is you have people, but I mean we don't know. We don't know. Really I mean, but at the we same don't look time, a team a team can't watch somebody for 24 no, hours. No, they can't. They can't, but you know what? And she to her point she said I knew and I still decided to do it. But even to that point I just feel like a team would have been I, let's say Howard, you're on your way to your Olympics, right? Yeah. You're you're the you're the golden child. You're like, hey. "Yo man, you're you're about to you about to do it." Hey. Bro, let's go. And I'm sitting there like, "All right, you're like you tell me how's everything going on with you, man." I was like, "I'm about to smoke." I'm like, "Yo, man, I it'd be reiterated like you can't do that, bro. You're going to blow it. Like you cannot do this. Like you so, cannot you can't like whatever is going through your mind, you have to you have to understand like this is where you're at. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I just felt like it, I, it, it from I the outside looking point. in. Hold on, Rob, let me just say this. Outside looking <laughs> in, it seems like it seems like outside looking in, and I this is not a Kamar don't, don't know. Kamar don't know shit. <laughs> My wife would contribute contribute to that statement. Um it seems like they looked at her as n- not a cash cap, but like, you know, as like, all right, you're an entity, but you know, I mean, we're like I'm not here to protect you. it's like almost a, like a hands off kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's like we're we, like we, we don't know. We're making money. You're like nope. we make money off of you. Like you're mm. we train you. Like mm. you know, like you're our agent. She talked about her agent, her yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah. She's almost like she's left so, alone. Yeah. I wonder who's so who's, who's really in the corner. Go ahead, Rob. I'm not I'm not opposing what you're y'all are saying. I'm not opposing, but I'm trying to just kind of give paint a different point of view here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yes, the team, she's the cash cow. She's the cash cow. The team needs to, quote unquote, have surveillance, especially at this point, at a very integral part in her career and her mother just passing. Correct. Um, Now, at the same time, who's to say that she didn't have. All right. Let's say Howard. Cam, you and I are in the same house as Howard. And it's our job to make sure that. Hey, Howard, don't do nothing crazy tonight. He's got we know he got a lot going on. I stick off to the back. He's, he's running, he's running in two days. He's running the most important race of his life. But I'm stressed. Days. I need some time to myself. I might stick so, off to the back. It, so yeah. So my point is who's to say that, you know, we're Cam, you and I are downstairs and Howard s- sneaks and sneaks a little bud. Or I got some gummies. I got gummy bears, bro. I, I thought for sure she you had and gummies. I are downstairs. Like yeah. 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 
that's very plausible in my opinion it, that that could it's be possible the case. it could be it, just it, it's as simple possible. as that it's very plausible do we even know did she smoke a blunt we don't know how did she ingest it we, we don't, don't, don't know, know the intake we don't know cookie we don't know the intake we don't know the intake but you make a point fair point i'm just saying i just i i feel like Somewhere along the line, obviously steps were made, mistakes were made, and steps were missed. Right, you know, and she was aware of it. And if she smoked, I'm just, I'm just like, who does she smoke with? If she smoked with another person, I, I think if she, she I think, I don't even think she, I don't even she think she smoked. It maybe have been a brownie. It could have been a but, brownie. But here's the thing, like been. even that, even in that sense, she, yeah. per, she purchased it. She would, I highly. She was well, she, with somebody. She, she but purchased. she had a, she ingested. It doesn't matter if she purchased or not. She. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about could have been like a brownie or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. it could. Yeah. But I just, I highly doubt that she. There was a solitary thing between the purchase and the and the consumption. Consumption. Somebody, yeah. somebody was there. I highly doubt it. It was by herself. I highly doubt it was by herself. But would it be different if she was? Would it be different if she was by herself? Yeah. What do you mean? Would it matter? No, it wouldn't matter. I'm just saying that I'm talking about how we got here. I, I just, I, I highly. I mean, you're in Oregon, right? Oregon is, is it's free. like Cali. It's, it's you, free. It's everywhere. Yeah, you can right. pick it up anywhere. Right. But, but someone with that type of that type of athlete. Yeah, I know, man. Caliber athlete. It's your you your your schedule is regimented. Damn. Every day. Howard, you know, in college, your schedule. I, I, I know. Your schedule I, is regimented. You didn't I have know. to. So, like for me. There's you're an Olympic athlete, and you mean to tell me you were left by your by your loan? She took a minute. She they gave her time. I that's what it is. They gave I, her time. She I know, said to somebody, at, she said, "Coach, I need a moment." Every moment, it. and then and then that. But okay, you need a moment. Why? Because you you you. I got to get my mind right. Cool. Yep. What's talk to me? What's going on through your brain? Oh, I just need I need a moment by myself. Do you need to see? You need to see talk to somebody. Do you need like like these are the conversations like. Like I, I bet that didn't happen, but you're right. It needs to happen. You know what I mean? There's steps mm-hmm. that should have been made. Mm-hmm. Like coping mechanisms, using using um, drugs. Yeah. As much as I might be an advocate for using drugs as a coping mechanism for your pain, this speaks volumes because now we need to also be including and thinking more so on, like we said, mental health wellness. Right. I'm rocking this shirt right now. No limit health and education. Like we we have a focus on mental health wellness. We straight up and do. Like when it comes to athletes, coaching might be good for coaching, right? Who do we have on the, on the team and the squad that's helping to coach our mm. mental health? That's the, and that's to be different. Who do we have? And that's okay. So you see, we're going with it. So you talking about you know um, Osaka, Naomi Osaka, like how she had to Thank step you. away because you know her, her mental health. Yes, sir. You know, and so that's something we should be talking about with yes, these sir. athletes. Yes, sir. Um, mental health. <laughs> Um, coaches, we can't assume that they, yeah, because there's all kinds of new, brand new things that happen, the stimuli that happen that they're not going to be prepared for, right? And we're expecting them because they're expecting high performing, steal, yeah, we're expe- because they're high performing physical yeah. athletes. We don't care about their mental, no. And that's something that, no. to me, of Nike was because Nike put the coach around her. Mm-hmm. They can definitely put a team around. They her. can put a team around, and that they're athletes because you're 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 going to make money off of her, yeah. You know, but Nike doesn't think like that. And so, continuing down the, the road of why Nike's the devil. I was going to say, why don't they think like that? But go ahead. Um, I'm going to bring in another subject of Alex, Alex and Felix. Oh, thank you. Good you point. Know? Good point. Yeah. So, I'm going to play this clip. To shake things up, you know, I generally 
just want everyone to get along and um, you know be happy but this was an issue that I really just couldn't stay silent on and I just feel like you know I have to use my voice to hopefully bring change really across the sports industry. You signed with Nike in 2010 and your contract was up in December 2017. If I have the timeline right you started to renegotiate your contract after all of the success we've just described at the same time you were not yet pregnant is that right but you were thinking about it? Um, yeah, so I, I wasn't, and um, I had always wanted to be a mom, you know. That's something that was a huge goal of mine, but I knew that it was difficult, you know, having a, a career in sports to do that, and timing is everything, and so um, there was a lot of fear surrounding that for me. And so with Nike, what happened in your early negotiations? You said they wanted you to take just 70% of your previous pay. Is that because they thought your career was only worth 70%, or mm. did the conversation turn towards having kids at all? No, so that was, you know, before anything um, surrounding pregnancy at all. That's just what they felt I was worth. At the age that I was, at, at the time I was 32 years old, um, that's where they felt my value was. And so I already didn't have a great feeling moving forward, you know, thinking about starting a family um, with where things already were at that time. And people need to understand in track and field, you guys don't earn salaries, right? You only get sponsorship money and prize money. So there's more at stake for you to, to be out for a while than in, in other sports. What, what is the current uh, agreement with a company like Nike? What happens when you're pregnant? You get no, no payment during that period of time? Yeah, so that is the big issue. For um, <clears throat> Generally, your contract is held, um, so it's placed on a hold. And when you return to competition, then your contract would resume. Um, what I would like to see is, a, is doing away with performance-based reductions surrounding pregnancy. So that would mean we have a base salary, um, but when we have, you know, when, when we give birth, that we are given some leniency to come back and to get to top form again. Yeah, you are just the latest. Alicia Montano wrote about this. By the way, she came back after having uh, her, uh, her kid to win the 800-meter American Championships, a 600-meter title just six months later. Kara Goucher has talked a lot about this. She says she knows at least seven women who served unpaid suspensions in track and field. Nike, for their part, has said, moving forward, our contracts with female athletes will include written terms uh, that would support athletes during pregnancy. Where do your negotiations with Nike stand now or with any other sponsors? Yeah, so for me, this is something that I'm not willing to budge on. And, um, you know, they have said that they're going to change the policy. And so I believe that. And um, but that's something, you know, wherever I am, that I have to be able to be with a company who, you know, who takes the stand on this issue and is willing to protect women around maternity. It's not for myself. It is really for the future because I don't plan to have any more children while I'm competing. But um, that's what it's really about. So, you know, that was Allison Felix and how she had her split with Nike. I thought it was a pretty um, important um, uh, to highlight how she track athletes get paid, you know. And, you know, they, they evaluated her um, based off of the, uh, you know, being out of Sponsorships and prize money. Yeah, prize money and, and season, you know. And so... Um, you know, there, I think there's a there there's a conversation. Them wanting to take away her pay for seventy, you know, seventy percent on the dollar. Mm -hmm. I think that was a very interesting statement because 
that's generally how women are viewed in far as payment in, or in corporate America anyway, right? They get paid right. 70% of the dollar, especially black, it's, it's going to be black women, right? Now, of course, Nike has since changed up the way they operate. Um, and in 2000, March of 2021, they um, did an ad um, highlighting pregnant women. Can you be an athlete? You, pregnant. You, a mother. That depends. What is an athlete? Someone who moves? Sounds like you. Someone who gets it done, no matter what. You do that. Someone who listens to her body. Also you. Someone who defies gravity. You. Someone who deals with the pain, hits her limit, and pushes past it. Pushing, pushing, pushing. Someone who earns every single win. You, you, you. So, can you be an athlete? If you aren't, no one is. So, Nike obviously changed the way they um, have operated ever since the Allison Felix uh, ordeal, acknowledging that they there were some missteps there um, in their um, how they handled her. But I I always found it fascinating that it was only after Allison Felix <laughs> went public in 2019, and then two years later, Nike's like, oh, well, you know, we were changing, which is great. You want a company to um, adjust and modernize their approach to people and athletes. But I just find it fascinating that it took all of that for that to happen, you know, and especially when you consider that women um, have to choose between having a baby and, or you have to choose their their career and starting a family. That's just not an, that's not just athletes. That's just, you know, period. What do you think, Rob? So, all right. This all goes back to my thoughts about Nike. They're still a corporation. They're still a corporation that's driven by the dollar. Can women generate the dollars that we need to make them, in our opinion, quote unquote, worthwhile in marketing? Yes. And that's always going to be the question. Um, You know, I'll even take it as far as to talk about the U.S. women's um, soccer team. And I believe it was the 2018 Olympics where they became such a prominent national force to the point where today I think I know more ladies on the women's soccer team than I do on the men's soccer team for the United States. And so um, for Nike, what we've seen is them turning into these female athletes because they're like, oh, wait, they can be money makers too. Mm-hmm. So they can be mm-hmm. money makers mm-hmm. just as good as at just as much as the men. Yeah. See, back in 2016 with Allison Phoenix, Felix, mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. They weren't thinking like they that. They weren't thinking, you're right. They Thank were you. just thinking like, okay, it's nice to have, we still need to have some women on our roster mm-hmm. or for visual purposes, mm-hmm. but we don't really need to back them and support them like we do our male athletes because they still don't generate they enough income they into ready. the corporation. Mm-hmm. 
But then I think, and that's where I kind of think back to the women's soccer team, where they really publicized the, the, the wage gap between the men and the women's soccer teams and how much money they were generating on that team. And then, and so, yes, so... I think this is just Nike just being a typical ass corporation <laughs> driven by yeah. the dollar. Yeah. Right. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. <clears throat> I mean, they they realize the beneficial, you know, components with, with women and, and moms and you know, they they know the the market's out there. The market's exploding. Um, we're in the age of the past decade, nothing but working out even more so. Mm-hmm. Yoga pants, I mean the loungewear, everything, you know what I mean? Like working out is is it. Tennis shoes, the fits, you market every part of it. So having somebody like Ms. Richardson speaks to a whole different demographic outside of just the... the you talking about the, Felix. Well, I would just bring... I'm bringing well, full circle. With, Sha- with Shakari also. I'm bring, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, was, I got you. I, I was bringing... You. No, I was bringing full, full circle. Bring, okay. Bringing Ms. Ms. Shakari uh, mm-hmm. because of her image, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, of course, with, with Felix, because Felix, they just didn't want to see her in that light just yet, yeah. right? But I'm sorry, I'm saying as far as Shakari, Shakari, right now with her image, yeah, it's one way. But yeah, but keeping it on Felix for sure. They weren't ready to market that yet. Go ahead, Rob. And and and, and to piggyback off of that, HP, mm-hmm. um, Shakari is still only 21 years old. Yeah. Thank you. And like Cam mentioned earlier, she was freaking a freshman at LSU <sighs> and she's already breaking world records. Mm-hmm. She's only 21. She's got so that means She's got at least what two, maybe three more Olympics still every, in every her. other four years, right? Yeah, she has about three more. I mean, definitely so, two, definitely yeah, two. Yeah, because she'll at be twenty four, at least two, possibly maybe pos- three, maybe three. Yeah, maybe three. So Nike, it'd be dumb as fuck for you not to have her still on the roster, right? Because she's because, a young star. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a she's she's a she's a young young star. But like she's a young. But, Young black female star. That's marketing gold for you but right now. Everything we said is the reason why they came so quickly. They no hesitation. Same day. No hesitation. Same we're day. Backing Same day. We're, we're backing her because we're, right we're now she's her. a Michael Jordan of track and field when it comes to ladies. Well, there's no. I mean, let's just be honest. Is there? There's not even any U.S. men's. Are there any men's? I can't even. I can't even. Unfortunately, I can't even. I mean, for for those that are for those that are engulfed in that world, I'm sure. Yes, we know. No, but But we're talking about the cat. My wife can't even name. I can't even name a gentleman. Yeah, my wife can't name, and that's important. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about the Olympic. Here's the thing about Olympic stars. We only see them once every two to four years. Yeah. And so, if you're if you're not marketed strongly yeah then the casual public will not know you and will not know your name and so now we have a young lady who has become a now a national story Mm -mm. and she's expressed Uh, her remorse above national and everything and so yes it's just it's just it's just bad business. It we we bad are we are beyond national. I, I learned the news been, from Jamaica. We're beyond national, by the way. Yeah, worldly, yeah. worldly so news. International, Thank international. We're, we're talking about on the world international. Thank it's you. just bad business for them not to support her, yes, sir. not to move forward with her. We're not even talking about oh, we feel bad for her. No, 
bullshit. Nope. This is all about the dollar. Exactly. This is it, all makes, about it makes sense. It's a long game. She's LeBron James. Yeah. Well, here, it's here, a long game. So here's where, I, to your point though, Rob, and what I think, um, we, this larger conversation about um, Allison, there's two sides of it. On one side, you look at it like, you know, they treated her absolutely wrong because of the way, you know, female athletes and um, the and then making her choose between um, being a, a a a mother and an athlete or whatnot. For Nike, they probably had metrics, but like, listen, the chances of you actually getting to a fifth Olympics because that time she hadn't qualified, right? So the chances of you making to, to fifth Olympics and you're you're in a downslope of your career, we don't see the benefit of investing in you like that. Um, it they probably looked at models and said, listen. You're we're going to move in a different direction. There's no point for us to renew the contract. So business sense, it 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 probably made business sense for them to kind of cut ties. And, and the blowback ended up being bad on them because honestly, they um, you know, she ended up proving them wrong, proving everybody. Mm-hmm. She did an unprecedented thing of, of, of getting to her fifth Olympics. That's insane. Right. Twenty years. That's insane. Wow. wow. That's insane. That's in twenty. So for qualifying for a fifth Olympics, she did something that it hasn't been done before. Excuse me. is a rarity in its sense. Making mm-hmm. the Olympic team is rare anyway, but doing it five right. times. Mm. Um, mm. And so uh, that's just, LeBron James status. That's LeBron James status. Facts. But, facts. But go, you, know, you know, if Mar- if Nike was smart, they could have marketed this, you know, marketed her as a, a better, comeback story. Well, no, mm-hmm. not even that could have marketed her just as a face of, um, women uh, track athletics women track and field. That was longevity yeah. right there, right? But the way Nike looks at it, and it kind of it was good for her to give a peel back of how athletes are paid, especially track athletes, right? They don't they pay right. them upon season, and they paid, and then they get paid on sponsorship, prize money, and prize money. And a lot of people don't realize that. So with the mm-hmm. Olympics, I just want to say, anybody who goes to the Olympics, they don't make money. No, in the Olympics, yes. no, they don't. It's a yeah. free endeavor. Struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a free. Everything's free. Yeah. You know, and so you make money off of your success mm-hmm. after the Olympics. Yep. Not during the Olympics, and then your mm-hmm. marketability is based off of not just winning, but how well did you win? Yeah. Yeah. They had yep. that diamond. Um, how often that did diamond you win? league? Right. Yeah. That diamond league. I, I do believe, based off of you know what place you you get, you're able to win money. I guess it's like prize money though. Yeah. Based off of first, second, or third, you win, yeah. you know, certain money. But they don't get a paycheck. They no. don't get a, and, it's and not it, salary. And listen, to that point. You can't clock in and clock out. Track and field is very seasonal. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So, oh, you know, you really have a certain segment Ooh. of the year to make money. You talk about starving artists. It's starving runners, starving yeah. athletes. So, and then you train all year to make money for for two or three months, for a couple months. You know, God. you know, and, and so, and if you... Imagine training all year and you don't and you don't place. Jesus, right? That's the reality. Of I hope it. you know how to Uber. You know, and so I mean, a lot of them do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but I, I just wanted to, to highlight that uh, uh, the disparity. You know, and we have to talk about women in sports and how the, the disparity and, Wait, and so whatnot. Just real quick though, even if you're sponsored by Nike, you're not you're not getting a stipend. You're not. They don't break you off, like. Their contract doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, do mean? how do you survive? Like, what do you mean? So if, if, if I'm contracted through Nike, how do I eat? 
I'm just getting clothes. I'm just getting shoes. I'm just no, getting spikes. No, they, they pay you. They pay. They, they well, pay. they get. They get. You'll get a sign-on bonus. Right. You'll get. You know, they'll give you some money. Up but you front. have to. You they'll have to budget and keep it. Bonus. Make it last. You know what I mean? Like you know, I'm just saying, break it down for the for those. I, who don't, I don't know. I'm not yeah. signed with Nike, well, but shoot, I mean, I don't. Yeah, we can't. We're not. We're not anybody know what her contract liberty. is worth? Any of them? I don't. That's listen. I don't know. What's a but? Um, and I, it depends on the athlete, right? Negotiating. You have to negotiate your contracts. I don't know what. What's in the, that contract? I'd but, love to know what they make. But um, certain athletes, I'm sure, make different. Make of course, you know. Um, and it's so, you know, there's a whole whole uh, slew of. I'm about to uh, look up her net worth right now. Who's Allison Felix? No, Shikari. She doesn't. Shikari. Ha- she doesn't have a net worth. I mean, uh, we're gonna highlight Allison Felix right now because she actually Allison Felix. Let's go to Allison. Felix. She actually just started a shoe. Right. Okay. Um, it's a lifestyle sneaker, and it's called Sayish. S a y s h dot com. Yes. yes. Promote. Yeah, you know, and um, it's the sneakers are you know lifestyle sneakers. So wear them around the house. Get what colors are they? Um, I don't know. Earth tone. But they're her own. Her yeah, they're own, own sneakers. Yes, yeah, it's actually. Listen, you should get some for Ashley though. They're nice. They're pretty dope. I, I you know, um, hmm. and uh, you know, check check it out. Sage Collective. It's for. Uh, women who recognize the effort it takes to be effortless. <laughs> How do you spell that? There you go. It's it, s a y s h dot com. Free promo. Uh, so anyway, oh yeah, I see it. Yeah, nice. Um, so anyway, Rob. Heck yeah, we addressed yep. a lot of different things, man. Final thoughts. Um, final thoughts is um, these are athletes that only come like we mentioned earlier they're not your everyday athlete we don't see them six months nine months out of the year like we see nfl players nba players um so it's easy for us to forget about them sight sight unseen um so i just you know i would like to see us do a better job of supporting these athletes the allison felixes the Shakari Richardsons and 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 following them and doing a better job of following them and supporting them throughout their ventures throughout their time, you know, as they just try to make a name for themselves, just like everybody else. Yeah, Rob, what about you? I mean, uh, Howard, what about you? Oh yeah, it's all good. <clears throat> um, I mean, just the world is always changing. You know, it's so many things. Besides, before speaking about the women here, but it's always about. What are we ready to do and ready to hear? And what doesn't make us so uncomfortable? You know what I mean? So we're, so, we're such an ever-changing world. If there's anything that's constant, it'll be changed. But are we ready to deal with situation A, B, and C, D? It's all about maybe not, but put in the work so we can elevate and, and evolve people to get to that point, right? So, But in regards to the women, I am always been such an advocate when it comes to women, especially African-American, black women of color, ethnic, because they still are one of the most disrespected species in the world, you know, um, and, and, I, and I hate that. And that's why I was so disappointed when I heard the news of her failing the test, because I didn't know the details, but it was just like, dang, people were already giving her mad doubts anyway, just based off of predetermined stereotypical looks, you know, already was bad enough. Then you hear this, and then it had to be weed. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, God. So, I mean, there's so many different things, but, I mean, I, I wish the best. I do know that it will be nothing but positivity to come out of this. Um, any athletes that are watching or listening, um, just know that you never give up. Stay focused. 
and stay positive and keep training because you have to understand all that hard work for those 10 seconds of competition, it matters. It means something. So bottom line, you can't give up. So I will end on this, man. Like, you know, we, we talked about um, the Olympics and uh, the concept of anti-blackness. And, you know, until we start recognizing that these policies um, strip those of humanity, um, the, t- the fact that they can't wear caps because it's it's not going to cover their hair mm. appropriately. Or, you know, we talk about um, Allison Felix and how she was evaluated by Nike. And they looked at her through probably a metric scale, not through uh, the humanity sense and how we can actually, this can actually help the country. The, uh, the company and you know we talk about those who evaluated uh, Miss Richardson and, and her um, ordeal uh, surrounding her um, testing positive for cannabis and you know we have to start looking at people through a humanity lens and when we start doing those things uh, it makes for a better society and for a better uh, a better perspective and I and, and for me um, I want us to incorporate that um, and how we see it and incorporate that in how we view people and even in our judgment of them right because we can look at the the Miss Richardson's example as a case study on how people want to judge each other, you know what I mean, or are quick to judge, and we're so quick to strip them of who they are or what their worth is because oh you didn't follow the rule, but you know rules are rules. That's that's what the, the president said. But rules aren't <laughs> rules. You know we say this so you know uh, we said it uh, consistently. Rules aren't rules because the rules are often the goalposts are often moved, especially when it comes to black folk. You know, the concept of we have to have to adhere to society's rules when uh, society around us is continually showing that, you know, that's not the case. And that's where that pain is. And that's why we are so upset all the time. Right. Because we're like, okay, Clearly, everybody else is adhering to it. But, you know, I mean, clearly everybody else is not adhering to this, but I have to follow this. And even when I hit the rule, even when I follow the rules, I'm still getting penalized. I'm still getting penalized. I'm, I'm, and in the case of Allison Phoenix, I'm still looking at it. I'm still getting taxed seventy percent less. Mm. You know, because I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, you don't treat LeBron James. I know I'm not saying they're the same athlete, but you don't treat them the same way you treat me. Mm. You know, and so, you know, I just want us to 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 take a step back and to see how the world it not only just evaluates uh, us, but also just black people. Yeah, and uh, with that being said, man, I would thank everybody for um, listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you, Rob and HP, for jumping in yes, and doing sir. this, man. I appreciate it so much. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, because we were talking about track and field, I think we should. It'd be only appropriate if we write out with this song. She's a runner. She's a track star. She gonna run away when it gets hard. Yes. She can't yes. take the pain. She can't get scarred. She hurt anyone that gets involved. Don't wanna commit by taking this ball. She gon' do the race, just not this one. Love is a game you used to cheer for. When I was down to talk, you weren't here for. You woo woo woo. Leave a trail of heartbreak and heartache like it cool. I guess way too late is convenient for you. The dirt you left don't turn in the dust, it don't move. It's a waiting for you. From all the problems like she in shape for it Hard times, wait for it And then she break for it Love don't cost a thing Ashamed how much I pay for it Love don't cost a thing Ashamed how much I gave for it Heartbroken into pieces But tape on it